0: Life happens with Pinelomotine. Pinelomotine on SAFM.
1: On SAFM. It's eight minutes after one, and thank you so much for being with us. This is Life Happens on SAFM. Okay, today being uh, uh, one of those days where we focus into indigenous knowledge systems. It's a Tuesday, and on every Tuesday we do that. We are going into uh, understanding the Ndebele people? That's a conversation that I think has been coming for a while because many people have requested, you know, can we connect the dots for them about the the, the heritage of the Ndebele people and the origins of the Ndebele people? So my guest is Professor uh, Sikiba Kiba uh, He is from Sikiba Kiba Lakhwati, Associate Professor of History at the School of so- uh, social Sciences and Faculty of Humanities at Wits University. Professor Lakhwati, thank you so much for making the time for talk to for talking to us Good afternoon
2: hi uh, good afternoon. thanks for inviting me to your show
1: it's so i'm going to ask you to 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 at least school us in. Uh, the very origins that's always contested on this particular show. We talk about many people and the issue of the origins of a people always comes into question. Could you assist us there? Let's start there by where the Ndebele people come from.
2: Okay, thank you very much. Um, the amandebele people, uh, we, we just call them Ndebele for purposes of convenience for English-speaking people. Uh, they call themselves Amandebele or or my, Mandebele. Uh, they are often called by the Sutu, the Sotho Situana speakers as Mandebele. So the Amandebele originate from
1: what prof, I'm going to prof, refer
2: to I, as Nguni land. Pr- pr- yes.
1: Prof, can I just interject there quickly so that we, we are all on the same page? Um, yes. Correctly uh, corrected us in saying that it's not Ndebele, it's Amandebele. It is the term... Yeah. Matebele derogatory?
2: Not really. Okay. Uh, certainly, there are many uh, Amangebele uh, people uh, who have become Sutoized, right? Yes. So, while they identify themselves ethnically mm-hmm. as uh, Amangebele, they call themselves Matebele because essentially, in many parts of the Northwest province uh, in Limpopo, uh, these people actually speak. Uh, Situana, that mm-hmm. is in the northwest or possibly northern Sotho okay. uh, in Limpopo. Mm-hmm. So the term Madabeli is not really derogatory, whereas uh, you know, but I suppose if you if you, uh, in, in some instances mm-hmm. you know, the tswana speaking people use it derogatory, you know, to refer to any Nguni speaker whether Swati, mm-hmm. uh, Tosa, or Zulu as Madabeli. And they use it in a derogatory fashion, but um, um, uh, um, it's um, a term um, that um, the Dervish speakers themselves have embraced mm-hmm. as part of their identity.
1: And perhaps I'm trying to understand why that would be the case. If, if, am I making sense? Why why there would be a sense of it being derogatory in 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 some in some manners?
2: Look, um, you know, the, <laughs> there are many theories as yeah. to how. Dendevele originated uh, or Amandevele originated, right? Mm-hmm. There are those who I do. And, and uh, these are, this are, this are some of the things that I will speak to at greater length okay. later on. Okay. But just at the beginning, just to say that there is this one theory that suggests that um, uh, Amandevele uh, Amand people only came about as a result of their migration from their original home mm-hmm. in Nguni land and finding themselves settled and interspersed among you know, predominantly uh, Swahili-speaking so people on the highveld who refer to these outsiders, you know, mm. new arrivals, by virtue of their different language, as okay. David, using that in a sort of derogatory fashion to say they are not really originating from here, mm. but they come, they come from outside. Yeah.
1: Okay, all right. Um, let's let's then proceed, uh, Prof. To to the point <laughs> yeah. you are making about their origins.
2: Yes, I was just saying, you know, the Damandevele valley uh, originate from Nguni land, that is the, the land of the Nguni. Uh you know, um they would say uh, ebunguni in the in the coast this this is the southeastern coastal region or or today's uh, KwaZulu natal province. Okay. Uh, that is the area where the Ndevele are said to have originated. So they I uh, said to have relocated and settled in the interior that is north of the vau River, that is in the area that later, during the time after the colonization by the Dutch, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the Dutch settlers um, uh, who had come to refer to themselves as the Afrikaners, mm-hmm. as a transvaal. Mm-hmm. Okay, But it was not called a transvaal at the time that uh, this Ngevele actually arrived uh, which is more than 400 to 500 years ago. Mm-hmm. That is when they actually uh, established themselves. So we need to be very careful, and there's often a misconception that um, you know the Ngebele in South Africa are actually the remnants of the uh, Zulu uh, 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 people who um, lived in this area. Uh, Because at some point in the 1820s, Mzulikas actually broke away from the Zulu kingdom, Mm -hmm. and then he established himself using the same tactics that Shagat actually used to build the Zulu nation, to establish his own kingdom. And so there is this misconception that the Ndebele in South Africa, what is often referred to in the literature as the Transvaal Ndebele, Mm -hmm. are remnants or vestiges. Of uh, Mzilikazi following his relocation uh, to the area across the val River into southwestern Zimbabwe, uh, called Land today. Mm-hmm. So there is that assumption, and we need to we need to correct that because you know Mzilikazi's Amandebale are actually a very modern uh, group of people. Before then, nearly 300 years before Mzilikazi came about. There were already among the
3: people
2: mm. uh, in the interior of the country who had actually settled among the Sutujuana communities. So, and I think that's another important point to emphasise mm. that you know people were not settled in in so called tribes because you know tribalism
3: mm-hmm. or tribal
2: identity was not a defining marker of identity. So, quite often, known groups moved they would actually be quite culturally mixed and they'd mix up with other people but still maintain their sense of uh, distinctiveness as a, as, a, as a separate people. But it didn't mean that, you know, they, they group themselves on the basis of their ethnicity.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So, um, so, so, as I said, you know, 400, 500 years ago, the Ndebele in South Africa already in existence. Yep. Um, and, and there are many, uh, there are certain accounts that I, I need to really emphasize in really giving a good account. And the, the history of Amandebele is quite complex, and I'm, I'm going to try to simplify it. So, there is one tradition, and uh, that holds that um, um, the, the founding monarch or, 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 or ruler or king of the Igebele or Amandabele. Uh, was Ndebele, who had a son called Mshanga. So, uh, and this Mshanga actually took the reins in the original home that is in present day, Mm KwaZulu-Natal. So Ndebele was the ruler, according to this argument, in the area uh, in in, in Mm KwaZulu-Natal. And then it is Mshanga who actually led the migration, who took uh, who actually took the reins uh, following his father's death uh, in KZN. And then Mkhanga then migrated from the area up the Tugela River into the Transvaal, uh, finally settling at a place called Mkhanga in Randfontein. So that is one tradition. And we are told that Mkhanga had a son called Musi. Musi? So after, after the death of his father... Uh, so Musi became the ruler, j- and then moved j- j- his j- kingdom to Kwamiyama in in the area of Pretoria. F- Prof, so just so, yes. just
1: by way of, of following you, this Musi would be spelled M O or M U S I.
2: M U M U S I, Okay. M U S I. Some uh, and and I see it uh, quite uh, in, in in some of the older texts they refer to him as Musi. Okay but when you speak to the people today yes. you know the people that tell the yes. accounts who are knowledgeable about the story they say Um-um-si. okay Umusi. Yes. Right. okay yes all right yeah. so
1: so that would so, uh, be the uh, yes. a, a descendant of ndebele numflang
2: yes this yes.
1: this um, um-si. So,
2: yeah so so this is one tradition yeah? mm-hmm. now there is another tradition well, the tradition that i've just related right now mm-hmm. is the one held mostly by the uh, amanala section of amandele and if if you want me to explain i'll explain later in terms of what the relationships between these different groups are okay so then there there is uh, the de t- tradition and the Amanzunza tradition say that um also i mean they they also say amandele originate uh from from uh, kwazulu natal right mm-hmm. so they are saying the the and were part of the Nguni nation in KwaZulu-Natal. So then the Nguni uh, then the Nguni nation was uh, was, was made up of the Ama, Amandungwa mm-hmm. and Amatonga. Mm-hmm. Okay? They say there were two groups in KwaZulu-Natal the Amandungwa and Amatonga. And then apparently a conflict erupted between these two groups.
3: Okay.
2: And the Amandungwa were defeated. And so Amandungwa had to take flight. So, under the leadership of Ngevele, they fled from Guniland until they arrived at the mountains of Nondulwane near Heidelberg, where Ngevele became their king. So, you see, these traditions now differ as to the sequence of events mm. and who became a Whereas the Manala tradition says that Ngevele was actually only a ruler in KZN and his son is the one that led the migration uh, the Zulu tradition that argues that it was actually the who led the migration mm. out of uh Nata, out of Nguni land into the transvaal mm-hmm. and um and also contrary to the Manala tradition um, that argues that Ndebele died in Ebunguni and that his son Mshanga led the migration to the present day Randfontein in the Transvaal. Mm-hmm. Then Zuza the narrative holds that Indave, Ndavele actually led the migration out of Nguni mm. and settled in the area of Heidelberg, where he was succeeded by his son. Named Mtungwa. So you see now you have a new person here, (laughs) Mtungwa. Yes. Whereas the Manala tradition says Mtsanga. So in the Nzunda tradition, uh, Mtsanga actually appears as the grandson of Mgabele. Yeah. Okay. So, 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 but, but then ultimately, you know, from then onwards until the movement to Mm -hmm.
3: uh,
2: where you know they established their headquarters and a strong polity was established. Then these two traditions kind of converge because Mm -hmm. they agree that there was once, uh, or they agree on the notion that uh, Musi was actually the final, the monarch, the final monarch of a unified, of a unified Ndebele polity Mm. or a unified Ndebele kingdom. After Musi, then that polity actually splintered. Leading to the emergence of separate polities, separate kingdoms. You know the Nzunda, uh the Nzunda polity, the Manala polity, uh, the polity of the the and who became the Northern Ngebele. Uh So, so, and, and then there were several other splinters as well. So, so, but and, and that apparently happened around. Uh, the late 1500s, early 1600s.
4: So, when,
1: do, do we then yeah. know, uh, since there is consensus, on, uh, consensus of the on the fact that Umusi was the last uh, unified monarch, do we know yeah. then what what led to the splinter?
2: Um, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to hear you. Your line has become quite faint on oh, my that's... side. Could you mind repeating that,
1: Prof? Can you hear me now? Yeah.
2: Yes, very
1: well now. I'm saying, since there is a bit of consensus on Umusi's um, monarch reign from both sides in the 1500s, do we know what what led to the split um, from that point on, after Musi?
2: Yes, there's there's a very popular oral tradition uh, which has kind of taken mythical proportions. And it's probably a myth, because, you know, if you look at most of the, you know, Traditions of origins among various groups—they are quite mythical, in a sense. Yes. So this particular one asserts that uh, Musi uh, had about six or or seven sons. Right. Mm -hmm. Some say five. Some say six. Some say seven. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, just before he he passed away, just before he died. Mm. Uh, he had actually turned blind, so he couldn't
3: see. Mm -hmm.
2: And now he wanted to pass on, uh, you know, the reins uh, to the next in line. And uh, one tradition holds that um, it was actually Manala uh, as the senior son who was supposed to take over the reins. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, But um, Manala at the time... um, his mother was, had already died mm-hmm. and uh, meanwhile while or otherwise Musi was actually uh, informing uh, Manala mm-hmm. that but uh, son i'm about to die uh, but i need to give you all the paraphernalia
3: mm-hmm.
2: uh, that you'd require to be able to rule the people um i need to pass these things to you, Mm. Uh, I need to pass them rightfully to you. But before I do that, I want you to go hunting Mm -hmm. and uh, to uh, find, you know, a a wild uh, animal uh, which you'd slaughter and prepare a dish for me. And then after blessing that dish, then I'll pass. uh, I'll give you
3: Mm
2: -hmm. uh, the paraphernalia. But apparently Nzunza's mother was uh, was uh, listening into the conversation she was uh, is talking so we, we also need to understand that um you know uh, pre-colonial african rulers were were polygamous but that's not much as they changed yeah. Yeah. Because, uh the rulers are in in, in most of africa are still, in south africa still polygamous sure. right so, so Musi was, was his, or rather, Nzunza's mother was actually eavesdropping, mm-hmm. and uh, she wanted now, you know, uh, her son, mm-hmm. Nzunza, to actually become the ruler, mm-hmm. and so she then, you know, uh, conspired with uh, her son
3: mm-hmm.
2: uh, to basically cheat uh, uh, Manala out of out of the race. Mm-hmm. and so while Musi, or rather, while Manala had actually left to hunt. Uh, they came up with a plan uh, so that, uh, you know, the the king, Musi, who had become blind, could actually give him the reins. Mm. Uh, but then, so so they prepared a dish. Apparently, um, they slaughtered a, a, a goat. Mm. And then, because, okay, this is the story, and you'll you, you notice how kind of closely related it is to biblical stories in Genesis.
1: I, right? I, I, it's so... so it, I affected, in fact, I was going to go there to say my goodness, <laughs> the similarities are really interesting. Prof, let's right. just please if you don't mind, take a quick break. I've, I've got lots of people okay. who have uh, questions also for you. We'll right. take that um, in a short while but let's go quickly to uzi Lesaku for the latest in headlines at one thirty.
2: Life Happens with Pimelo Mutine on SAFM leading the conversation.
5: Hi, Pamela. You're speaking to David Blomfontein. Um, can your guest tell me how to uh, the relationship between Amatosa, Amazulu, Amandebele, Amaswati relate? Really? Because I just heard when the the King of Tosa was um passed away, I heard that there was unto and to gave birth to Unguni. Unguni gave birth to this four son which was Kosa, Zulu Swati and the last born was uh, 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 Ndebele.
4: Hi Pimelo fascinating conversation about the Mandebele people. My mother is and i i want to get clarity on this because when she tells us she says but even in addition to that she tells us that there are the people and then there's others as well and i thought we could be clarified about that to say do we say or if we can't get clarified about that because well now they call themselves Matebele from Ramasheshani and Mukobani, parts of Limpopo. But she does acknowledge that there's a different other part of them, Manrebele, from the side of Bumalanga. Manrevele Aramasangu. If I can just be clarified about that, that would be amazing.
1: Professor Kiba Lekwati is an associate professor of history at the school of social sciences faculty of humanities at wits university prof thank you so much for for staying with us i I wonder if you heard the last um the voice notes let's start with mandrebele if there is a distinction in your understanding between that and what would be amandebele or matebele yes
2: yes that's a great question Mm. um uh, I think if you if you if you listen to the people speaking, I mean, in terms of their language, mm-hmm. the languages are quite different. Mm-hmm. Uh, aman, aman, rebele, uh I think you could you, you do find Amandraele amongst the, the the Denzunza. They call themselves aman rebele, aman zunza. Mm-hmm. Uh Amandzunza. So so, and then you go to Mokobani or Mashashani, you find people who call themselves. Uh, Mandbele, mm. but there are a, a northern uh, a northern variation, and they, I think the distinction here is, uh, relates to you know the extent to which one variation of Ndebele language has actually been um, sort of influenced by a region by the geographical location, yes. by the cultural yeah uh, setup, the people amongst yeah. whom they settle. So, Amandebele in in Limpopo. In the Mukopani Mashashani, it's areas um the language is is it's
3: Sutuized.
2: it's Sothoized. i mean but but it's also uh, at its core it's Nguni, but with a lot of sutu influence in it so what do it's we also a, it's a tekela language you know you listen to them sometimes you think they're speaking Suwaite but then there's a lot of northern sutu. Uh, in it, then you go to um you know the then and manala manala indebele mm-hmm. um the the language is still very Nguni. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, it's closer to zulu in fact the two languages northern is and southern uh if, if i could just clarify yes, so yes. the northern indebele would include uh, groups such as uh the gegana uh, the mashashani that is the Lidwava, the the Langa people the Madela and others um so so their language as i said it's um it's uh, but it's also a a a, tekela, a tekela variation of uh Nguni language mm-hmm. right so in guni you've got tegela and zunga mm-hmm. so tosa tosa zulu uh belong uh, and also Southern Zulu, you know, the Ndebele, the Zulu that is spoken among the Amanzo and Amanala. Yes, this is a Zunda language. Mm-hmm. And then the Kekana, uh the Gekana the, uh, the 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 Langa, the Lindoavas and others, they speak a Tagela language, which is almost like it's a Swati in some respect. Mm-hmm. So if I could give an example, a cows, you know, a, a cows in Zunda uh in the is in mm-hmm.
3: all
2: right. And then in the Tekela language it becomes Tikomo. Mm-hmm. So so that is that is the variation. Mm. But in terms of the the oral traditions, uh most oral traditions actually suggest that uh both groups originated from natal mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, the, uh, there are variations here and there about, because, you know, they didn't just live in one massive movement Soup. of people, but at different times. Mm-hmm. And, and so they moved and then settled in different parts of the country. Mm-hmm. But the other tradition says that um, actually the the Gegana for example, mm-hmm. that you find in the Rebegiela and Mukobani uh, are the descendants of one of Musi's sons mm-hmm. they are the descendants of Mtomben who was a brother to Nzunza and Manala and Zomo and Mkhwaduba
3: mm-hmm.
2: you, you get the point I,
1: I definitely there's get the point
2: a, a, a tradition that says that there's a section that eventually became absorbed into the Venda people mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the the descendants of Sibasa. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so there are very many different groups about which we don't know much. And, and part of the reason why we don't know much about the history of the Ndebele in South Africa is this misconception that we are, or the Ndebele are actually stragglers. They are remnants of Ndebele, whom, as I said, only features... Much in later. History, much later than the... Uh, uh, than the so-called transviolent development.
1: What a pity, so, because what the, what yes. you're saying is that there, there is, there's a massive erasure of history prior to Umziligazi that needed to be sorted out.
2: Yes, yes, uh, that's what I'm saying. Mm. And in fact, uh, that's partly what informed uh, the contribution that I've made to a book which was published this year by the South African Democracy Education Trust it's called "The Road to Democracy in South Africa, Volume Eight: South African Diasporas in Southern and Eastern Africa in Pre-Colonial Times, hmm. Part One." The book uh, was published by Pen. Uh, Penn- what is it? Uh, it's it's Pen. Uh, Pan African University Press. Okay. Okay. Uh, and and also by Unisa Press. So it's available at Unisa. Okay. It's a it's a collection of chapters on the pre colonial histories in an effort to really push back against this erasure mm. of our history uh, that actually happened. Oh, and, and so there are various contributions. I contributed a chapter mm-hmm. basically looking at um land development in South Africa. A colleague uh from Zimbabwe, uh Sadelo actually wrote a chapter on the development of Kamachobana, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Kumalo, and, and, and others, you know, the Ngoni migration to Malawi contributed by a, a Zambian a journalist, Chris Chirwa, um, and so forth and so forth. Mm-hmm. Really, this being an effort to... Uh, Document the hmm. histories that have actually been erased.
1: Hmm. I'm going to so, come back to just a bit more detail on the question be- with the voice note around the relationship between the Cross and the and Zulu. And I know that some of these are just, as you said, we're piecing it together with the little that right. we have. But but I'll come back yeah. to that. I just want to take a quick call from Z in the Eastern Cape. MZ, thank you so much for calling. Good afternoon. Oh, hi, Hello, how are I, you, MZ? I'm
5: good. I'm not too sure if my line is clear.
1: Uh, we will we, we'll, let's do asked, our best to try, Mzi. it's it's not great but okay. let's let's see let's go ahead and see. okay gentlemen. Uh, I am um, a Ko speaking person
5: mm. uh, the, the, the topic that we had today is interesting. I just want to find a few things. Here I am they are referring to us as Dhammabu, meaning that uh, we are not from this area.
1: Uh, the story w- says, where is that? The when Park. you say here, mz, where is that? Where but, are you, where are you when you uh, say yeah, here? In, in the Eastern Cape. In the Eastern Cape, okay.
5: In, in the in Eastern Cape. Uh, there is also a place where we, when we came, uh, there is a uh, memorial thing that uh, uh, we left from that year, mm-hmm. coming from Kwa Kwaa, Nata. But uh, when the story goes, I am told that in fact, we are from the bene people. In fact, my um uh Now I heard Nala so I had been talking about the Nala uh, which now it, I said wow it's interesting. Because, uh, also the, we are from we are the defendant of hmm. the the people. I'm not yeah. sure if it, it relates with those Nala's yes. that you talk about.
1: Yeah. All right. It's not a great line, but let's yeah. try and see if we th- we can yeah. try and get you a response. Thank you so much, Mzi, yes. for your call. Yeah. Prof, think, your I response? Got,
2: yeah. Yes, I think I got the gist of a question. Mm. Uh, and, and my response, I mean, that's a great question. Mm. Uh, you know, the question uh, about actually being called the Nala people, and I think if uh, he looks at, uh, this is Mzee, right? Yes. If MZ looks at his, you know, uh, places, uh he it it you know this 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 places uh, in in Zulu they call them Izibong. Is that- okay right they basically tell us about our history and who we have encountered in the past so so it's quite possible that in terms of their origins they actually originate from Amandevele. Mm-hmm. The reality is that um uh pre colonial southern Africa was characterized by a great deal of movement of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, There were no boundaries. Mm. Basically, the boundaries were quite porous Mm. uh, and flexible, you know. Um, You know, people would move from one area to the other Mm. and, and easily integrate into those societies because your ethnic identity, your tribal identity... Uh, did not really define who you were it, you were not locked into that identity mm. uh, in fact uh, so if you if you looked at uh, many of these polities you know they were they were multicultural they were multi ethnic so it's not completely uh, uh impossible to find amandave being integrated amongst amatrasa um you know uh, 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 amandebele being integrated into the batswana as it in fact happened in mm. uh, in the area around Hamanskral where you've got uh, today the Bakwaduba people mm. who call themselves madebele but they're only madebele in name mm. and history mm-hmm. in terms of the language they become batswana mm-hmm. right mm. because and, and that speaks to their history uh, of interaction with with batswana people <laughs> so so it's a, it's a great question it just shows how Really, how, how, how we as South Africans, whether Tosa or Zulu or, or, or Tonga or Swati, essentially we are, we are actually the same mm-hmm. because we have actually mixed up in such fundamental ways over a long period yeah. of time.
1: So I love that, because that that dispels so many misconceptions about what we think we are and who we think we are. There's a question that came through before uh, from a voice yeah. note where a gentleman was asking for clarity around the yeah. Tosa and Debele, the Zulus, and he, he spoke also of uh, a group called Umtu. Yes, mm. yes. Um, look, uh,
2: you know, the the, the Amandebele would certainly... Uh, uh, be associated with those groups and the origin the original uh, sort of founder of Avenguni being Uundu and then and then the Nguni actually uh, coming about and the Zulu and the Swazi and so forth and so forth. So in my explanation of how the Ndebele originated, you recall I actually said that they originate from Nguni land. Yes. So they are part of this early history but then they moved away from the area and became amandebele so they were they were not so so in other words they they do not necessarily originate from a different stem or different branch they originate from the same branch where all these other people that you've spoken about actually originated from but they came about they originated in fact they came into existence later on only really in the 1400s and 1500s that's when uh, the Ngevele became Ngevele. Hmm. When they split away and moved out of uh, Nguni land and moved into the interior, before this area, there were no people, I mean, before this period, mm-hmm. before the 1400s or the 1500s, yes. you didn't find a people called amandebele
1: it, it would be so under Nguni. So it's an
2: identity that was actually uh, invented or constructed yes. uh, over a period of time because of the circumstances that existed then.
1: Yeah, no no that that in fact I think I I remember picking up somewhere often that it's it's quite a young it's quite a young uh, tribe, the Bele tribe. Um it's one of the most modern if we want to call it that way um uh, tribes in in the context of when you try and trace back where where yes. their origins come from it in fact it's quite quite modern um as Absolutely. opposed to to others let's take a quick break i do see you mk khalane i do see you he's the president of the de debele national organization we're going to bring him into this conversation but i just need to to, to pay the bills and and i'll be back with more
2: you're listening to pimelo mutine on safm
1: we are in conversation with Professor Sikiba Kiba Lekwati, Associate Professor of History at the School of Social Sciences at the Faculty of Humanities at Wits University. We're speaking about Aman Debele today. It's our Indigenous Knowledge, knowledge Systems a conversation that we have every Tuesday. Prof, let me just bring in into the conversation uh, M.K. Halani, who is calling us from Pulukwani. He is a president of the Aman Debele National Organization. Thank you so much for making the time to talk to us. Good afternoon. Afternoon, Pimelo, and afternoon to the professor and, and the listeners. Thank you so much for calling. Your contribution, actually, yes. Um, um,
0: I very much like to, to to thank the the effort, uh, the professor, for the for, for his for his efforts to to bring to the fore uh, the um, history of uh, Mandela. We still feel very much um, uh, marginalised in that uh, not 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 much mm. is said about. Uh, uh, the northern mandele. Actually, I would like to make a, a distinction uh, because uh, like he said, uh, there are uh, mandele in Kumalan who call themselves amandebele mm-hmm. because they, they 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 have a you know, um a, a lineage towards the uh, uh, isiZulu mm-hmm. and then ours uh, like he said, he's already said um he's got a, a Swazi influence and I would like to explain that.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Go ahead. Um before um indeed um uh, came to the Transvaal, they were Manterele and those were our ancestors. Mm. Um and there was a point where they um um well, well they also uh, had a split whereby uh, another group went to live in, in under a uh, King Swazi. Mm-hmm that that's where um, the Swazi influence actually t- t- took root. Okay. And um, then from there, they came back um, along the uh, Palabora uh, way where they settled uh, for some time in Palabora before they went to cohabit um, the area around Ross Senegal um, uh, the, near the banks of the uh, Steelboard River. That's where they cohabited with the uh, those
3: people,
0: right. and uh, our ancestor is uh, Nguni, and then uh, from then Guni had uh, two sons uh, by the names of Malagi and Malajana. Mm-hmm. So uh, most is not said about the Malagi uh, lineage, but Malajana then gave birth um, uh, to a uh, number of chiefs uh, that succeed that, that succeed one another in. Um, actually, growing the nation of uh, the Mantevele, which are um, mostly residing in the uh, north here. Why,
1: why is it that there's a lot of attention given to Malajana, not Malachi? Is there a reason? Is there some some something that we we need to know about why that is the case?
0: Um, the, the the split happened uh, like. Uh, the biblical story, as he was uh, mm-hmm. uh, alluding, uh, also to the uh, Ndzula and Manala,
3: mm-hmm.
0: uh, it was like the the, the, the Malajana robbed um, Malagi mm-hmm. of the kingship, as Malagi was the elder. Mm-hmm. Then Malajana was the one who fled to to Swaziland and sought refuge to
3: mm-hmm.
0: uh, to in, 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 uh, under the uh, King Swazi, mm-hmm. and then he, he he was then the one that grew uh, the, and the because then made uh, I need to mention that uh, before that, they were speaking a completely different language, which was uh, was known as isiKalanga. They were amaKalanga. Mm-hmm. Yes. Then, they, they then, Devela took root after uh, they came back from Swaziland. Then they then they established themselves as mandevela to try and um, um, and and, and um, you know break away completely uh, uh, so that. Uh, the Malagi people, mm-hmm. because they were they were uh, uh, on their trade, they were wanted to 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 they were hunting them mm-hmm. for the for the sins that they have committed. Mm-hmm. So they wanted to to make a clean break. So mm-hmm. that's how uh, they established themselves now as Mantarele and, no, and, and no longer Makalanga.
1: Ah, fascinating! Oh, that is amazing. Yeah. I mean, let me give mm-hmm. you an opportunity to add anything you want to say, uh, Prof
2: yes I, I i really appreciate uh uh mr Halani's uh, contribution to this uh i think it's it's actually uh, uh he's spot on that um you know certain narratives about our uh, our past have actually been uh, more erased <laughs> than others mm-hmm. you know and 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 i think you know the story that he has just given actually Tells you something about how diverse mm. uh, the Ndavelle uh, people really are in terms of their origin. Mm. I think to add, you know to 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 add to his story, I think one, the, the the history of the uh, the Langa people
3: mm-hmm. uh,
2: is also in, is also the same. It has not received uh, mm. uh, as much attention mm. as the history of those people who. The other groups, the Gekana, you know, the the mm. uh,
4: and
2: others, who are said to have originated from Musi's group, so uh, they also trace a different origin. In other words, they are not descended from Musi. Ah. So, so then they are of diverse. Uh, origin. I get you. Uh, and 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 they came into contact with other people. Yes. Uh, I like what he said about the Swazi yes. uh, influence on the Ndebele language like and how it came about. Mm. It also very striking that he uh, has talked about Kalanga. Mm. And one author, uh, the Kalanga, obviously you know are from the uh, area north of uh, Zimbabwe, uh, no? north of the Nimpopo River, right? Umbkalanga, uh, yes. the area called Upkalanga. Yes. and it's an influence on the developed people, and especially on the northern developed people. Yes. So, so this history and particularly the input of uh, linguists is very important. And, and history, you know, is constantly being written and rewritten. The more evidence, the more e- evidence we have, the better mm-hmm. we can actually piece together pieces and write a more nuanced and fuller yes. history of amandebele yeah. but the issue of uh Upkalanga also shows that there's a possibility that uh some of the Ndebele either originate uh from there or at some point in their mi- in their migration actually went to uh yes. to to Zimbabwe basically yes. before they came back and one narrative actually suggests that the gekerana people uh, did go, you know, to uh, to Zimbabwe mm-hmm. and then came back, settled for some time among the Venda people before migrating to the area around Mugobani and Bulugwani. So so there are multiple stories, there are multiple narratives and I think it's it would be a pity if we simply relegate those and say they are not truthful accounts. Mm. The more accounts we get, the better we can sell we can tell the story of this complex history of origins of Amandebele.
1: So, so uh, Mr. Khalani, let me just ask you then, uh, and I'm glad yes. that we're almost touching that now, because I was going to say we're not talking about the Ndebele people in Zimbabwe, but I and I'm starting to see the trace there. But um, yes. the, if we speak then of uh, the Kalanga-speaking yes. people, there yes. are traces of those people also in Botswana. Is there a connection yes. there? Yes. Uh, yes and um, re- remember this um
0: boundaries were not there then yes people were moving freely um um, um all over the the the, the continent mm-hmm. and uh, history tells us that we i mean the the the, the Nguni people and and everyone we we, we originate from the great lakes so even the people uh, of KwaZulu-Natal, I mean, they came from there, and then they moved up to where they are today, um, which is where Nifidigazi then left, and then across uh, the Limpop again into uh, 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 Zimbabwe.
3: Hmm.
0: You see. So, the, the, no, the people are, are they're all over the, it, it was a uh, transfer um, on the, on the, On the west, which was was called the the, the Western Transvaal, and then it was uh, the the Transvaal, the part of the Transvaal on the east, which was called Eastern Transvaal today in Mm Kumalanga, and then the northwest, uh, which is uh, linking up with Botswana. So there are people there, they are not there, but they won't call themselves that today.
1: Yes. I so appreciate you calling in. Thank you so much for being a part of this conversation. Can I just make the last point? The last point, uh, Epimelo. Go ahead. Um, um,
0: the professor there mentioned uh, that uh, the Musi uh, people settled uh, in Wamnyamana uh, uh, in Pretoria. I, for for those people who um, are living around Pretoria, the the, the the people of today might not know the name Wamnyamana, but it, it has since been changed. Since been changed into the name is not is known now as uh, Buon Accord. Mm-hmm. People might yeah. know might, might recognize Buon
2: Accord. Right, you. Right.
1: Thank you so uh, much. I mean, it's wonderful, yeah. Prof.
2: Yes, Mr. Halan is quite right. Kwameyamani uh, today would be called Bon Accord. It's basically the area around Bon Accord uh, and Bon area. <laughs> that is where the headquarters or the uh, the, the capital of uh, Amandevele Kingdom, that is of Musi, was uh, situated around the 1500s and 1600s. And so, yeah, um, as I said, I mean, the history is, is quite complex and uh you know the the more we talk about it uh the the the, the better
1: yeah. Professor Sikaba, uh, Sikiba Kiba, is, um, Sikiba Kiba is an associate professor of history at the School of Social Sciences at the Faculty of uh, Humanities at Wits University. I really have to thank you for being a part of this conversation. I think we have to find another time to do this, but really appreciate your time. Absolutely. Thank <laughs> you very, very much. And thank you, all of you who've been calling in and sending voice notes. I appreciate it. We'll find some time to go back to this conversation. Two o'clock. Let's go to Utzila Saku for the latest in SABC News.